Hello everybody, welcome to The Daily Sip. My name is Oliver, my mission is to bring you closer to organic Japanese green tea and today we're gonna dive into the five steps to make a good plain matcha. So uh, when we talk about matcha, we talk about the green tea powder, which has become quite famous in recent times. And um, now it is kind of the time that we dive a little bit into not only matcha lattes, but that we really have a look at if you want to do a plain matcha, what do you have to watch out for? So um, today I really want to guide you through if you want to do a plain matcha, so one without milk, what do you have to look for and what actually should you take into consideration and how should you prepare it the proper way. I will start just explaining you the different steps and then I'm gonna prepare a matcha and then you will have a look or you will see how to prepare the matcha the right way. So when we talk about plain matcha, what we're looking for is that we are wanting to have a matcha which is actually smooth, sweet, round and if possible non-astringent. When we look at uh, different qualities of matcha, um, then we really have to watch out for the very beautiful green matcha, which is then kind of the basis of a soft, sweet and round matcha. So I brought with me here two different ones. So this one is a rather lower quality matcha and this one here is a higher grade matcha. So you can see that the color difference is quite astonishing. So here we're talking about a little bit more of a pale, sometimes even yellowish color. Here we talk about a beautiful strong green color. So this is the main difference which you have to watch out for and if you want to have a sweet matcha then it has to have this intense green color. But where is this intense green color coming from? So when we are having a look at matcha and the matcha production often when you have a more pale matcha this is from the second or even the third harvest of the year. So you're really looking for the first harvest and what has to be done with the matcha is that it has to be shaded. So shading is a process which is just cutting the sunlight during the last three to four weeks before the harvest so the sun doesn't, uh, the sun doesn't really touch the leaves anymore and the shading prevents then from turning the L-theanine, which is then the sweet particles, into catechins, without, which are more astringent particles. With the second and third harvest, this process is mostly not done anymore and farmers just cut the leaves, put them into powder form and then sell them as culinary, latter grade or um, cooking matcha how it is also called. But if you want to have a really sweet and smooth matcha, then the important part is that we really look for an intense green and this is coming from the shaded matcha. And the shaded matcha has the highest amount of L-theanine. L-theanine is an amino acid and the amino acids are actually the particles which render the tea more smooth and sweeter. So quite an important part. So here really go for the intense green dark matcha. If you can have a look at it in the store, the better it is. Otherwise, just check the photos, compare them and see if you can uh, distinguish if it is a culinary grade matcha or if it is a ceremonial grade matcha. Then when um, we go into the preparation of the matcha, what you can see, so this is a matcha I just opened up uh, 
some hours before and you already see that there are a little bit of clumps forming so there are um, the humidity can form clumps in the tea and uh, or in the matcha tea especially and this is only due to the fact that the matcha is a little bit soaking up a little bit absorbing the humidity which is in the room depending on the area where you live you will have uh, this experience in a stronger way if you're living in a subtropical or tropical um, area then you definitely have the matcha absorbing more humidity meanwhile when you're in a drier uh, climate uh, for example Phoenix Arizona in the US then you will have this experience less nevertheless it can be that everywhere where you are the, the matcha forms a little bit of clumps it is not deteriorating the matcha so it doesn't put it into bad quality or it doesn't lose anything it's just that if you then mix it with, uh, with water then you will not get the full taste out of your matcha and this is the most important especially when we are drinking a plain matcha we want to have the full taste and when we um, look at how to prepare the matcha then really first step is then to get rid of these clumps is to sift it so to sift the matcha is uh, quite an important part of the whole preparation so what you do it's super simple i'll show it here in the close-up so you just use the sifter you go in you take i'll show you this like this so you take in a good sp scoop of matcha like this one here so you take this then you put it into your sifter and you sift it through so this is what you have to do and then you will see at the bottom so when i lift the sifter a little bit so you can clearly see that there's a beautiful fine powder forming and this is really the effect of of the sifting of the matcha that it really becomes a beautiful fine powder so we can see here now how uh, this looks so it's much finer there are no clumps when we just compare it to the tin we see that there are some clumps in the tea which we see but here nothing to see anymore so that's exactly what you have to do to get a fine and beautiful matcha then next when we look at how do you prepare the matcha important is the leaf to water ratio or in this case the powder to water ratio what we always suggest is that you actually take two grams of matcha and you mix it with 100 milliliters of water which is around four ounces between three and four ounces but closer to four ounces of water so this is the perfect ratio to really enjoy your matcha but it's easier said than done what is actually two grams so when we have a look at it it's quite easy to say so when you have a teaspoon at home like this one here it's not the most beautiful one but it does the job and this one here just has to fill be filled slightly and then you have two grams if you have the chashaku so uh, the bamboo spoon at home then um, you just take two of these scoops so one of these and then you take just a second one and then you are at two grams so quite an easy task to do so this is then um, the amount of matcha you will need for 100 milliliters of water or three to closer to four ounces of water leaf or powder to water ratio then the next one is and i already have it here soaking in warm water 
So this, this is the Chasen so-called bamboo whisk. So this is a whisk which is used and you might have seen also in uh, tea ceremonies if you ever had the chance to assist the tea ceremony or maybe see it in a documentary or in TV. This is the main tool which is used to whisk up the matcha. What is good about it is that it is made out of one um, piece of bamboo and it consists for better quality around 100 so-called prongs. So these small kind of needles which you have on top of it. And what is important is that due to the fact that it is wood or bamboo in this case, um, you have to soak it into water to uh, keep it at a good quality. The good thing is when you soak it, it gets a little bit more flexible. You can push it more down and the prongs, they don't break. So you can reuse this chasen several times and this is the most important. What is good is that these uh, 100 prongs, what they have, they give a little bit of space. So when you have a look at it, there's just a little bit of space in between and it really helps you to aerate the matcha. For example, when you take here this bowl, it really takes the space and you can in a zigzag motion, then you can whisk up the matcha and it creates a beautiful foam, which then creates a beautiful texture. And it's just an additional layer, something adding on on top of your matcha experience or your matcha session. If you don't want to buy uh, Chasen, if you, for example, just starting out or you don't really want to invest in this tool just for your matcha because it's the only thing you use it for and you don't drink matcha every day, then a next good thing is actually that you can use the milk frother. Milk frothers, you can buy them easily at the supermarket. They're quite cheap to buy. They're even automatic. So you can just use it and mix the matcha up. This is the next best tool, which gets quite close to a chasen. It's not the same experience. I like to whisk it myself so uh, that I have the feeling as well that I have to done something for uh, my session here and uh, creating my own matcha. But it is definitely a good tool to really aerate and bring this foamy texture into your matcha. And then if you don't want to have your milk frother because you because you don't not a coffee drinker you never drink milk you don't use it you don't need it and actually you don't want to spend the money next best thing is actually the shaker jar shaker jar beautiful uh, easy to buy I'm sure you have one at home or if you have any jam or anything at home um, or marmalade then you often get one of these jars quite easily you can open it up you sift the matcha through so. You, as I showed you here, really sift the matcha, put it in, then add some water in around three to four ounces, as I said before, close it well and shake it. Important is here that when you're using hot water, this will create a little bit of pressure inside and it sometimes can lift up the lid a little bit and the matcha can go out. So if you have a newly bought white sofa at home and you want to shake your matcha on it with hot water, maybe try to do it somewhere else than on your white sofa. Best uh, areas are the kitchen for sure. And uh, just take care when you do it. If you use cold water, which is absolutely also a possibility, then uh, actually just um, shake it up. Then there's no pressure existing, no pressure evolving from the inside of uh, the jar. So this is a super easy to thing to do. 
Good, this is number three. So now we actually have uh, prepared the matcha. Um, and now let's have a look what you could actually use to uh, put the matcha in. So I, I showed you before, a possibility is actually that you take a bowl, a cereal bowl, which you already have home. So this is actually quite a good, quite a big, uh, big bowl, which you can use. The issue a little bit, what you have with uh, the bowl of the uh, cereal bowls is that they are a little bit uh, going sharp in the middle and they don't leave too much space. If you want to get a level higher and have a little bit more space, especially at the bottom, you should try to go for a Jawan. This is kind of the next step into your matcha process. The nice thing about the Jawan is that it leaves a lot of space here, like uh, your bowl. It is, but at the bottom, it has a little bit more space. So it leaves at the bottom the space to the chasen or to the milk frother, um, just a space to really use all um, the width of uh, the bowl, and then you can create a beautiful foam. So it's easier actually to produce the foam, to do the foam, and by besides this, actually it looks uh, amazing. Here, for example, or I show it here, um, we see that we have here sakura leaves, which are in front, drawn a little bit inside here at the, at the back. And uh, if you have ever assisted a tea ceremony there, you are maybe aware that it is always the beautiful side. So this one is the beautiful side here of the Chawan, which you show to your guests. So when you hold, um, when you're taking up, for example, your, um, your bowl is, or your chawan, you first turn it in the right direction, in direction of your guest, you take it with the hand and then you drink it. So that you have this moment of appreciation with um, and showing the uh, beautiful side of your tea bowl to your guest. Some people might have already done a tea ceremony. In general, the tea ceremony itself is really an appreciation of the moment, an appreciation, a tranquility of a good friend being invited and you preparing um, a good matcha for uh, your guest. And it is quite a ceremony, so it's kind of an appreciation of the moment and the friendship at the same time. So there's a whole school about it. I'm not very well educated in the tea ceremony and the different step itself, but this is kind of the basic rule is that really you appreciate the moment and the moment of beauty of stillness and enjoying a tea with your friend. Good, so, but let's go and uh, let me prepare this matcha. So I will start. First, I have one scoop, which I already prepared here, so I can, either sift it again or I can put it in directly. What you actually can do as well is that you take uh, the matcha out into your sifter completely and then you sift it back in. These are things I also have seen, um, especially in tea ceremonies, they pre-sift the matcha. So this is also an option you can do um, if you want to prepare your matcha. So this was number one, scoop number one. And then I'm just going to take a second scoop. Et voilà.
just try to sift everything. Then, done. We can close the matcha. So, very important, put the lid back on. Sometimes you even have a plastic uh, tap. This is also, put it also in. This I haven't done now, but uh, it is good if you can do it. Then your matcha stays fresher for a longer time. Once opened, keep it in the drawer. Uh, don't put it back into the fridge as the matcha is able to absorb other odors in the fridge. So as long as it is sealed, no problem. After, open, after being opened, try to put it back uh, and uh, store it in a drawer and not in the fridge anymore. So we're going to take the chisen now this time. So I'm going to move here. And what I will do is that I will put this 100 milliliter or three to four ounces of water. I will take the chawan into my hand and then I put in the whisk. And then you can sh I can show you like this. So I just do this zigzag form. And finally, it will create a beautiful foam, which you see here now. So very, very beautiful if you use the right ratio and also a matcha, which is quite high in amino acids, you should get a very beautiful foam. And this now I can show you by pouring it into my tea glass, which I where I soaked first the chasen in or the whisk and then I just pour this into the glass and there we go very beautiful foam at the top and very nice green intense green color at the bottom so you see I'm used a little bit more than 100 I would say I'm here at between 120 130 but it should be still very fine in terms of taste but let's Try it. What I really like about the Okomidori, so this is now an Okomidori matcha, and the Okomidori has this very beautiful round smoothness to it. It's super nice, not too fresh, so more kind of decent, full-bodied, sweet, smooth, there is a little bit of an astringency attached. This is just the case when you are drinking matcha or green tea, there's always a little bit of astringency. It's a source which is very strong in polyphenols, catechins, and a little bit these astringent particles, which the catechins are. What is nice actually that as mo the more amino acids you have, then the more counterbalanced this is. So it kind of balances out the astringency so the astringency is not overwhelming, but it is, uh, it is there, it is present, it freshens the tea a little bit. But in the end, you have a beautiful, beautiful, round, sweet profile as well. And with the Okomidori, and this is the one I would suggest you when you're starting into plain matcha drinking, the Okomidori is just a very, very good cultivar. There are some um, teas which are quite good in terms of value for money, which are coming from the Okomidori source, because it's not a tea cultivar which is kind of very sought after in Japan. 
because the Japanese they also they like to have a quite a decent a stringent note with it thanks to the fact that they or kind of Mr. Yabusaki who explained us this is that the Japanese tea consumer wants to have a little bit this astringency to get the feeling that it is also very healthy. Meanwhile, we in the West, we tend to not like too much this astringent tone and where the astringency is quite weak and the price is still quite affordable is with the Okumidori Matcha and Okumidori tea as well, in my opinion. And it really has this fine round taste profile, which I personally like. If you're looking for matcha, which sometimes you can drink plain and sometimes you want to do a latte with it, then rather look out for um, the Yabukita cultivar. The Yabukita is a little bit more vegetal. So here we have a more a little bit of a nedamame, sweet round taste profile, a little bit of nuttiness. When you go into the Yabukita, which is kind of 70% of the whole tea production in Japan, then you have a little bit more of a vegetal, a little bit of a stronger note. And this is definitely a tea which is then more versatile between a latte and a uh, plain matcha. You have to be aware that it is a little bit more stringent. It shows a little bit more the citrusy, a little bit more these fresher tones, but it also shows a little bit this fresh cut, uh, spinachy, um, nearly a little bit grassy tones, which you get with it. And um, it is a little bit less smooth, a little bit less round than the Okumidori. But if you want to go into plain drinking, then I would suggest you really try to find an Okumidori. Um, there you have kind of these nicer, sweeter tones, definitely met, it's smoother and the full body kind of texture is just great of this tea. 